It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. Tyvis Powell. Jason Lloyd. Plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah. Buddy say drama. Yep. We got it. Oh, boy. We have got it. Yes, Has sir. Has there ever been, in your recent memory, a year where there was no off-field drama with the Cleveland Browns? Uh, 1958. <laughs> that might be it. Back 2020, there really wasn't any because of no, the COVID stuff. And they won. Yeah. Every other year, it's if you very go back, rare. there's always a major storyline usually involving a star player that yeah. has little to do with actually the X's and O's of the game. The, uh, the Browns not having drama is like leap year. It's every four years we get no drama. <laughs> right. So we're doing a couple years. Yeah, yeah, right. Next year, we should have a drama-free year. By the way, it's before, crazy, man. Before crazy. we get into the Browns, I got a couple of quickies I got to hit okay. you. Okay. Number one, the midges are back. Oh, everywhere. They're back. Watch out, Jabba. That, that joke's never going to get old, Jabba Chamberlain. I don't know what you're doing <laughs> these days. But watch out. The midges are back. They're under attack. Number two. Why is it that Hallmark thinks all men are awful? They do? Yeah, basically, because I go to buy an anniversary card for my wife, and every, like, two out of every three cards is, I know I never say I love you. I never, I know I never do this. Well, I think in general, men are less compassionate. I know, but I would think, I tell my wife I love you all the time. I don't do you too. guys? I, I mean, every day. I, multiple exactly. times a day. Exactly. Sometimes after I, just a couple hours of silence. I mean, you know, we're not we're all, all jerks. You, no, no. <laughs> I think it's important <laughs> she knows. Of course. I, 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 yeah, I tell my wife all the time. I do too. I'm, I'm with you, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can't, like, if I do it after every hour, like, she well, might. not every hour, but yeah. multiple times every day. Yes. All right. When I'm, I'm, I'm leaving for work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we go to bed, I always say At the end of every phone call, <laughs> yes. you don't know if it's the last time you're going to hear her voice. I know. Dang, bro. Y'all making me feel bad about Come on. My, my Ro- Listen, Rose Bush deserves it. Yes, yeah, she does. I tell my son I love him every time I drop him off at school. Uh, at same night, way with my kids. I, I do that all And of every phone call, they're grown adults. And, yeah. And it's always been that way. Yeah. And I think it's weird because my father was not that way at all. Right. And I remember when I would leave to go to college every time, I would yeah. get, I would say, Dad, stand up. I want a hug. <laughs> and he would, it, he was acting like I was dripped in acid. <laughs> okay, come here. And I knew he loved me. Right, but, but he wasn't showing it that one way. One of the things we discussed before he died, when I yeah. said, life regrets, you know, we just, we had a million conversations about yeah. things like that. And he said, you know, I learned to express love too late in life. And I regret that. And that was his generation. Men were it more was like his that generation. in that generation. His dad fought in World War II. Right. You know, of course, th- that's the way it was. Yeah. That's the way it was. Absolutely. But, I, Bull, I am confident that we are turning the corner. Yes. And you and I are more yes. part of, and we're the older ones, we're yeah. part of the newer wave of men. That's right. Don't be afraid to express it. That's I right. Mean, Show I, her your love. I that's mean, right. I mean, it's a statute of limitation on, like, I, I got I'll give her two, I'm more two, two I loves you. 
a day. That's good. Still, these cards make it seem like none. And the final thing, and this is the most important. Because in general, we are ne- Neanderthalic. Yes. Yes. In general. Absolutely. Uh, I tried a new restaurant that was so good it brought me to tears, honestly. <laughs> uh, I, I know we got to move on, but i got to give this, these guys some love. Yeah. Sweet Pork Wilson's. It's got a great name. Oh, my God. It's independently owned. It's, they just opened like two months ago. Is this a chain or no? It is not a chain. It's two local guys who play football at St. Ignatius. Wow. Right? They played just. They told me they beat uh, McKinley every year. They left right before G. Bush. Uh, wow. Well, not before you played. You must have played against them. In, in your last year, but you never beat them. But you beat them after they left. But anyway, yeah, yeah. There two, Chuck Kyle's been to the restaurant already when it, wow. when, it when they first opened. Uh, in fact, Austin Love went down to the restaurant too from, Did he? from the WKYC. Good. The food, I am a, a, I am love barbecue. I have not found a single barbecue place that I love. This was off the charts. Portions? Portions were fantastic. The food was amazing. And the guy, Ramadi... And, and I want to mention the other owner's name because I... Uh, what were the sides? Like, everything was good? You, you... There was nothing below... At, on a scale of 1 to 10, the worst thing I ate was probably an 8.5. And, and you're mm. a really tough I'm a, critic. A, a tough you, critic. If tough it's critic. not good, mm. you have no problem saying I'm, I'm trying to find him right now. So it was, it's Ramadi and Jason... Ramadi Parker, Jason Brooks so, are the names of the guys. Well, let's they were this. bringing me other things. The food was incredible. The The... Uh, I, everything I ate was amazing, but I would say if I had to pick a top three, the ribs, the brisket, and the cornbread oh, wow. were a hundred out of a hundred. Cornbread has to be great. Oh my God, Jay, it's the best cornbread I've ever had in my life. It was ridiculous. Wow. We're going to go next Thursday. It was ridiculous. So I was going to say, we need to plan a UCSS outing where we yes. go as a group, we break bread, yes. we enjoy this fine restaurant together. Brisket was Melting. Wow. Ribs were melting. Now, are you off trying to reel them in as a show sponsor? No, no. They're nice guys. They, they're fans. I, and then I was, as we're leaving, uh, this couple that sat down, they're asking me what, we, what they should have because this guy was a fan. So they love sports there. They're big sports guys. Wow. They love it. I told them I was going to bring some of the guys down next week. We and need they to take excited. Jack with us. Our buddy yeah. Jack. Because uh, he food, loves barbecue. The food was just amazing. So. Amazing. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, Mikey McNuggets, uh, hello to you. Busy show. I don't need to tell you what we're teasing today. Yeah. It, it is going to be a wild show. Uh, if you didn't see the Twitter beef yesterday between a media member and uh, a member of Deshaun Watson's entourage, I guess, as it's being called, but um, it was wild. It was I couldn't believe it. I thought it was fake. It's real. We'll talk much. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll go into great detail about that. But first, good morning, Mike. How are you, man? What's up, guys? We're going to get some live reaction from the Browns locker room when it opens in about 20 minutes. But just so you guys know, Deshaun Watson not scheduled to speak. That is according to Mary Kay Cabot, so we will not be hearing from Deshaun Watson. We're going to get into plenty of quarterback talk in the next hour. But first, I need to remind the good people out there that if you are looking to get into any gambling action this season, you better be doing it with FanDuel. It is, without a question, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose by placing a single $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about getting in on the action, there's no better time to join FanDuel than right now. The app is easy to use with a wide range of options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS. To kick off the NFL action, FanDuel, an official partner of UCSS, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And you can become a winner, just like Brandon Nash was. He had a four-part same-game parlay on Monday Night Football that turned 15 bucks into 230 right. He had an under on the rushing total for Alexander Madison, over 
on George Kittle receiving yards, over on Kirk Cousins touchdowns, and over on George Kittle receptions. That's $15 into $228.61. You could be next just like Brendan if you use FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Jay, let's talk quarterbacks. And the yeah, Browns let's. are to bring in a potential new quarterback at number two behind Deshaun Watson, assuming he can play in the near future. Yeah, this is uh, – guys, this has become the issue of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is what they've done at quarterback, and we'll set the stage for you. After they broke training camp, they were ready for the season. They decided that at the most important position, perhaps in all of sports, they were good with going with a backup that had taken zero snaps in the NFL in terms of regular season games. You're rolling the dice when you do that. You're unprepared. There's no insurance policy. There's no safety net. You hope you don't need to go to number two, but oftentimes teams do. Even if it's just for a you know, couple of <coughs> series in a game, that, that <coughs> position, I think, has been undervalued the last decade in the NFL, and I understand why. But they need to scratch that insurance policy, and they don't have it. And we've seen what they've gotten out of quarterback in the two games that Deshaun Watson was unable to suit up. According to everybody that I know that follows the team closely, there are no plans to bring in a backup. Even now, even now as this Deshaun Watson thing looks like, it's going to linger for not, you know, not another game or two. It could be multiple weeks before he comes back. Bull, I want to start with you. And I know that, you know, we've talked about why the position of backup quarterback hasn't been valued, Mm -hmm. and I get that. But... Have they completely fumbled this entire situation at, at quarterback? 100%. 100%. It's or, organizationally, it's been a total screw-up. Um, number one, <laughs> like, first of all, when they traded Josh Dobbs, none of us had a problem with it because we, get, we, we were like, well, Josh Dobbs, at least I was, Josh Dobbs not that good. They must really buy into DTR. And I think they did. If but then they gave him one chance. He wasn't prepared. Certainly not all his fault. And then they said, no, that's not good enough, so we're going to go to P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker is not an NFL quarterback, in my opinion. He shouldn't even be a backup. He's a third-string quarterback at best, in my opinion. So the Watson injury, <clears throat> there's, been, there's been no clear message. We've gotten like seven different messages about what's going on with even him. Even now. Even now, we're not exactly sure what's going on. Clearly... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He was not ready to play last Sunday. Clearly, we all know that. We all saw it. So why they have waited all this time when they knew this, this, that Browns had to know from the moment he had this injury, which is what, almost five weeks ago at this point? Coming up on. They had to know that at best, this could be a question mark the rest of the season. At best, case scenario. It's a shoulder injury. It's his throwing shoulder. You knew there was going to be an issue. Why would you not go out and address the position? In the end, we could talk about salary cap all we want. But in the end, if they had a quarterback that they got to pay $5 million, $10 million, whatever it may be, is that really good? 
eventually, yes, this is all going to come to a head. But is another five to even ten million going to make <clears throat> that big a difference in the long run? I don't see how it can. Th- listen, I have always been for years, as long as you guys have known me, you can't win without a great quarterback. You can't win. And I'm still not sure you can. But this year, after it started trending back towards defense a little last year, it's trending even more that way this year. Now, I don't know if it's going to last. <coughs> Maybe the second half of the season will get back to what it was. Second half of the season last year, the offense picked up. Maybe that'll happen again this year. And the Browns' defense hasn't been perfect. They didn't play that well against Baltimore. They did not play that well against Indianapolis. But overall, the Browns' defense has been excellent. And it's starting to make me think maybe it's possible that you can once again win with average quarterback play. Maybe if your defense is great. But, Jay, here's one thing I know, and that will never change. You can't win with garbage quarterback play. You can't win with the worst quarterback play in the league. You can win some games, but you can't win when it matters against good teams consistently with the worst quarterback play in the league. It is absolutely inexcusable for the Browns not to address this position in some manner. And I get it. The options are not amazing, whether it's Josh Dobbs or Andy Dalton or Jacoby Brissett or Ryan Tannehill or Carson Wentz. None of those guys are going to get us very excited, but you know what they all have in common? They're all better than P.J. Walker. (laughs) You hit it exactly. Exactly. Not just on the nail. You hit it in the middle of the head of the nail. Um, Can you disagree with anything Bull just said? No. Um, actually, he did a, such a good job that I can't even rebuttal it with real words. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just, just going to go to uh, one of my favorite books. And there's a quote in this, in this novel, and it talks about leaderships. It says, the difference between a good administrator and a bad one is about five heartbeats. Good administrators make immediate choices that usually can be made to work. A bad administrator, on the other hand, hesitates, diddles around, acts for committees for research wow. and reports. Eventually, he acts, he acts in ways which create serious problems. A bad administrator is more concerned with reports than with decisions. He wants the hard record, which he can display as an excuse for his errors. That is unbelievable. What book is that from? Uh, that is from Doom. A leadership what? From Dune? Yeah. Um, no kidding. God, God Emperor of Dune. It's a great great I, novel. Shout out to Frank Herbert. One of my favorite. That was Duke Leto Atreides II. Um, go watch that if you haven't. Go watch it. Go uh, check out the novel. But he hits it right on, on the head right here. Gee, that's exactly what's going on yes. with this front office. Exactly. They're too concerned about covering their tracks. That's it. And, and you're right about, think about the leaders that you've been under, whether it's in work or sports. You would rather go to war with a guy who makes an impulse decision and yes. is willing to live with it, or what was key about that quote, find a way to make it work, yes. than a guy who twiddles his thumbs until it's too late and the cavalry is upon you. What are you going to do at that point? Well, there's nothing you could do about it. And right now, you've had, three, you know, the quote was so, I was just looking at it and, it, and and it just shows if you apply it to this context, they had weeks. He got had almost five weeks. weeks. He, had, he got weeks. hurt, and then they had games. He, they had they, they, they had a buy. They had a buy. Then uh, then they then they snuck a game that they weren't supposed to win against the 49ers, and they won it. If they would have had a decision and stopped telling me day to day, they could have also set him down from the time he got hurt all the way into maybe the Ravens game without throwing a football at all. And he right. would have you could say keep him for the Ravens game. He's got almost eight weeks. Yeah, where he two months between throwing a football. That's how this injury heals from all the experts. Everything that we're heard that, right. we, that we've heard. It doesn't heal if you're working overhead, lifting anything, or throwing anything. 
How many times have yeah. you went and got an MRI with nothing hurt, Jay? Never. <laughs> Why would you? So, yeah. they, so Why would you? when people say he's cleared to play, he's cleared. He's cleared. No That's one troubling to me. They gets cleared an MRI. this man to play four weeks ago. Well, he Jay, wasn't ready Sunday. No. And Jay, not even that, but you can take tag word full. This is what Andrew Barry said three weeks ago today. Like today, except three weeks ago. We don't view it as a long-term injury. I think Kevin mentioned it earlier in the week. There's nothing structural. We're optimistic it'll hear in the short term, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah. Miss. So what is happening wrong? Here. So either people have been lying, or there's been a misdiagnosis. I, it, it, that's, it's crazy. You ask the pertinent question, what's happening? Yeah. And I had a conversation with the fan yesterday, and this is kind of, it just, I just sort of meandered to this conclusion. But I, here's my guess is what's going on. Barry knows he's in a sling. Stefanski knows he's in a sling. Mm-hmm. I think after they made the move to keep DTR as the number two, mm-hmm. if they didn't know it was a bad move at first, they knew it after he started against Baltimore. Yep. They saw it with their eyes just as we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this kid's not ready. So now they realize we've made a grave miscalculation. Their butts are in the hot seats. So I think what they're doing is all of the – separate all the verbiage that's come from them – and all of the verbiage that's come from Watson. You've got a team saying on multiple occasions, he was cleared to play. He will play in, a, in 10 days from now. Mm-hmm. Structurally, there's nothing wrong. There is no pain. Medically cleared. Medically cleared. Yeah. Ask Sunday after the game, is he going to be your starter in Seattle? Now, he was saying, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. But yeah, he's my guy. Everything they have said has basically been like someone opening the door for someone to say, come on in. It's right. all been laying the groundwork for the fan base and the media. Yep. He's good to go. Yep. Now, you got Deshaun, who, by the way, is the only person qualified to say when he's ready to play. Correct. And you know what that is? When he has complete and full confidence of where he's throwing the ball and he's doing it pain-free. He is not to that point. We saw that Sunday. So I think you've got the player saying... I'm not, I'm not in any hot seat. Nobody's coming after me. Right. My money's guaranteed. I'm not playing for a contract. Baker didn't have that luxury. Baker had to play. So you've got a player who's saying, no, when I'm ready and I'm good, I'll know it and I'll tell you and I'll play. You've got a coach and a general manager who probably believe that they're going to be in the unemployment ride yep. line if they go with what they have now at quarterback for the rest of the season because mm-hmm. that's not going to be a playoff. But they got to know that he... he if he plays, he's not going to play well. We've already seen this movie before. I know, but I and think... And it's worse because it's his, his throwing shoulder. He clearly couldn't play. Like, that was crazy. And Watson's going to want to play. Even this nonsense, and we'll get into the idiotic comments by Brady Quinn later, but, like, this nonsense about, well, he doesn't want to play. He was telling people the, that whole first week he was going to play because he yeah. wanted to play. That is he nonsense. Wa- he wasn't ready to play. This Players week, clearly, want to play. And he wanted to play. If he didn't want to play, why would he have been out there? I agree with you 100%. So that, he, that's ridiculous. He, he, I'm sure he's got veto power here. Of course. If he wanted to say be ahead of Sunday's game yeah. against the Colts, I'm not going to play, he could have. Absolutely, because that's but, what happened against San Francisco. I, a part of, I'd like to add a little addendum to that quote. Here's another difference between good leaders and bad leaders. Good leaders recognize when they have made a bad decision and immediately take action to undo it. Yep. Bad leaders double down on stupid. Mm-hmm. They double down on it. 
No, we're no, we're going to be good. You keep convincing yourself. No, Anthony Schwartz is a baller. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. David Bell well, is a baller. I I think that that Kevin Spence he showed good leadership in realizing it was a mistake to play Deshaun Watson, and he yeah. pulled him out and said, "You're out." Well, yeah. Now I mean, Andrew Berry's got to show good leadership, and the front office, Deep Podesta, whoever the hell you want to blame, Jimmy Haslam. And they've got to go address the position there. He, he, I can't believe they haven't. It's crazy. I can't believe so, it. So when you try Deshaun Watson out there, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. It, you got two people that are looking out for their jobs, and they're saying, okay, at least we can string this along. The, the more they string it along, the, the, the public sentiment seems to change. Because if you keep saying day-to-day, 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 we'll figure it out. I had to take him out and protect him. What happens is the fan base starts to look at you and say, okay, well, they keep telling us you're ready to play, but you're just not playing. So now the onus goes on you to figure out why you can't play or can you play. And and if it, you can't, go find someone that can. And so right now, they got him on the bench. They got, they got him sitting here. And every week that go by, what starts to happen is they're, they're paving the, the groundwork for this. Well, look. Look at the advert. You're going to start. You see, these coaches be leaking in the We lost Chubb. We lost Watson. We lost uh, Conklin. Look at we look at the adversity we've been through. Uh, you know, we, are we, we, we didn't even get our franchise quarterback this year. He played one game. We thought we had him up yeah, and running. The bold point that he always loves to make no yeah, excuses. I don't want to hear and it. Teams deal with that. I'm, you love analogies. Mm-hmm. This hit me yesterday. I'm going to give you an analogy of the Browns and their season. The football team is a high-powered race car. They've got a top-flight engine, the best engine money can buy. Let's call that the defense. Mm -hmm. They've got a couple of really nice, shiny tires in guys like Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper, guys that we would mostly say are either the best at their position or certainly amongst the best at their position. They've got all these pieces, but before the season started, They went to the shop and they said, now, do we have all of the backup parts we're going to need? Because during a race, you don't know what you're going to throw. You might throw mm -hmm. a a brake drum. You might throw, you know, a chassis, whatever you're going to. So a good team owner says, so the steering column is my quarterback. Are we good? And, And if I think we're good with that, but if we're not, let's order a backup steering column. So if on lap 27, we crack the steering column, we can bring them into the pits put a new one in, get it back out on the track, and still have a chance. That's what a good team owner in NASCAR would do. They didn't do that. They sent their backup steering column to away, and they had an unproven one that's never been tested sitting in the box. It was new, but they, I don't know. It hasn't been tested. No research has been done on it. We don't know. Let's go with this. And the, the steering column won't break. And it, yeah. Then about a quarter of the way through the race, the driver comes in. And he says, something's wrong, man. This car's shimmy and my steering column's got a crack. And the engineer looks under the hood. He's like, oh, my God, there, there's a crack in there. What are we going to do? You can't sit there and think about it. Well, get the car back out on the track. Well, that's the worst thing that can happen. Yep. Because if that steering column cracks, that jeopardy. car goes into the wall, and that beautiful engine that was the highest paid, best performing engine all year is gone. And those shiny tires, Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper, they're meaningless. Your car is crashed into the wall. Yep. The quarterback in this scenario is the steering column. You know it's cracked. You didn't have a backup. Get one now. And here's the good to thing, To try guys. to save the race. Here's the good thing, and it's a good analogy. It's dead on. And here's the great part. It's not too late. Because they have found ways to win these games. Right. 
They're right there. They're still in it. But it's, it's fool's not, gold, and we all know it. it it's yes. not sustainable. It is, it's not. So the get way the they won, column replaced. The, especially the way they won against Indy is not sustainable. The, right yeah. now, the only way they can win with any consistency is by playing lights-out defense. If Agreed. they play mediocre defense even, they're going to lose most of their games with the quarterback playing I would agree And, with and let's be clear. There's a lot of – and I, I, like to, I like to tell people, you know, everybody thinks that their fan base is the most intelligent and most informed. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's, fans fall in love with the record. We, I've found over the years just by even just talking about the team, that 4-2 and two record – to most fans, is more important than anything else that's going wrong well, inside the organization. As I say, it hides the work. It hides right. it. That's, that's just why a lot of people, they go to a doctor. The doctor tells them, man, I, I feel, I'm sorry, Joe, um, but right now you got, you got stage three or stage four cancer. And I'm like, hold on. I feel fine, though. I feel right. great. They're like, well, well no, I, let me just show you. Full school. It's and, coming. It, it, it's coming. You got right. six months. To, and that's why people have a hard time coming to grips with it because there's no symptoms. There, it, there's no, at least when I get sick, I could go and I got a fever and the temperature and I, I can, you know, take medicine. Some, some illnesses that you like this and you go on the next week. But our fan base is not used to winning. They're so not. Any taste of winning yeah. is exciting, right? It's intoxicating. And, and I, I love that we're four and, and two. And it's great that they're four and two. If if they were two and four, they'd have the same problems. <laughs> and right. but we'd be like, well, and, they're screwed. And, and, and let's think, face it, we're a we're a, a questionable penalty and a missed field goal away from being two and four. And so exactly, we, we kind of like this. So the doctor tells you, you know what? We did catch it early enough, right? Yeah. But since you don't have any symptoms. He tries to give you medicine. He says, take this medicine. You'll get better. And we caught it in time. You say to him, oh, well, listen, man, um, I don't feel any uh, symptoms. I'm not taking the medicine because you got that four and two. Right. See, they don't want to take that medicine and say, hey, let's go ahead and get this quarterback so we can heal this up right now. Right. If you wait, you're going to lose the next two games. You get in another situation where you yeah. don't have the leeway to save your season. You know what happens when you sweep problems under the rug? You don't see them in the short term, but it's only going to be a matter of time before you trip over whatever that is. Eventually, it becomes mold. Uh, yes. Yeah. Black mold. And it could be deadly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, guys, I think all of this, here's what's stunning to me. Yeah. All of this is conventional wisdom. None of it is hyperbole. It's all fact-based. It's all common sense. How is it that this organization didn't get a backup quarter, a real backup quarterback in here on the Monday following the injury. I have no I, idea. It's inexplicable. We've guys. already it's already too late for this week. Like even if you brought right. in Jacoby Brissett now, he probably no, couldn't play. No. I mean, I guess he could and, in and theory, look, but I mean, according to Adam Schefter, when yeah. I was talking to him about it, he's right. like, that's not in the plans right now. Now, he's getting that from somewhere. Yeah, maybe the plans change. I hope so. Well, he but, said yeah. it, 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 that may change as the season plays out. We'll see. And that, that's entirely possible. But why wait until week seven or eight? I wish I could ask Andrew Berry that question. Like right now, it's what are you thinking? I think your quote is so powerful, and here's why. I think they're afraid of the consequences of a, of a bad decision. And that's a bad leader. But Andrew Berry's always been aggressive. He's been a pretty aggressive GM in terms of He's trades. He's very aggressive. I, look, I think the way they handled the kicker thing, I applaud them a million times over, not just because the way it worked out, because our eyes told us what they had wasn't good enough. We have to see something else. Right. And now look, not only did they appropriately make that decision, which was tough. Mm -hmm. He was a high draft pick for a kicker. They appropriately and on the right time frame made that decision. 
He didn't stay at the party too long. He didn't cost us a regular season game. They made a decision. You're out. They did their due diligence on those that were available, came up kind of with a sleeper pick, and this guy has literally been the best kicker in the NFL this year. And so kudos to you. Andrew Barry, front office, you assessed a problem and you presented a workable solution. Now look, you're watching the same thing unfold in real time. We're seeing it. All the fans are seeing it. The metrics, if you want to lean heavily on analytics, tell you that this team's quarterback play is ranked 32nd. And it's not even Make a move. It's not even like P.J. Walker has any kind of track record of playing excellent football. He has no track record. His only track record is outside of one game is playing. And and here's how you know they know that they need a quarterback. He has not been added to the 53-man roster permanently. I think he finally did. They finally added. I don't know if it's. I don't know that they made. It's been reported. It hasn't. I don't know that it's official yet. But yeah, they I can't mean, do that one more. They can't do that anymore. They could do it one more. They could well, have done it one the more third time. time? It this would, is the you're third. allowed to do it three yeah. times, and then you'd have to add them after. Right. So this would be the last time that they could actually right. put yes. him on the practice squad and bring him back up. Yes. So you got to make a decision right. now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, right now he's your. But option. that's the point. Yeah. But you weren't at, even worried about losing him. At, at yeah. This, <laughs> no, you weren't. You were at this point. A de- I, I'm stunned that they haven't reached the conclusion that all of us have, and that most fans have is that this ain't it. We've got to move on something. And look, I understand the argument that, well, you know, trading for a guy is next to impossible. I get that. There are the options available that we talked about, and and you you hit it right on the head to start the show. Nick Foles is not a great quarterback, or he'd be on a roster. Right. And, you know, the the same thing can be said for Carson Wentz. Right. But they're better than what we have. Right. And I still, and I take those guys. I don't love either of those guys. I would too right I take them. I'd rather get Brissett or Dalton because they've been with teams. They've been playing. They both play. Oh, Brissett hasn't played, but Dalton has played a game this year. But do something. You can't stand Pat. Inaction is not an action. No. And it's not excusable. And no, if not they're, at all. you know, if I just don't know how it's going to work out. This team can for them. win a bunch of games with with average quarterback play. I we'll know. see. And com- very few teams, by the way, can say that. That's right. And 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 who knows if if you get decent quarterback play, decent, maybe you can bring Watson back in December. Maybe you can. What's and by funny, then he feels all right, and maybe you can make a run of the playoffs. What's funny? But don't is give up on it. Not that long ago. Yeah. Carson Wentz was eleven and two. Yep. And Nick Foles came in and saved the season and took him to a Super Bowl win. Yeah, aggressive. Like, these guys have a track record. Foles makes me nervous because he's only played well in Philly. Everywhere else he's gone, he's been terrible. I know. It I don't is, know what look, it is. It's a stretch. Yeah. But I've seen enough from what we have to yeah. know that anybody, it ain't it. Anybody. Yes. Okay, Mikey. We're going to talk about a little Twitter beefs in a second about a different average quarterback in one sec. Before we do that i got to remind everybody that at 12.30 to 1 on Fridays, we leave YouTube. Head over to WKYC, that's Channel 3, on the big screen. If you're not in Cleveland, you can download WKYC Plus app or the WKYC app on a mobile device and watch 30 minutes of brand-new Browns-Seahawks preview content that will get you ready for everything you need to know on Sunday. That is 12.30 to 1 on WKYC. Show's I, catching fire. It's taking off. It is. Yes, it is. And, we, and, it we, is. and we thank the fans for that because um, we know that you've – You've been loyal. At 12.30, when the YouTube show ends, you have gone over to watch us on Channel 3. Crazy. The, the metrics show it, and we appreciate your uh, your allegiance for Jay, sure. Jay, before we get into the next, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you have former Browns quarterback 
beefing with current Browns quarterback no. QB coach on Twitter on your 2023 bingo card? This, who's no, got but, all these bingo cards? What we talking no, about? No, but by the way, how did I not have that? I mean, you know, it's always the craziest and most wild things that happen to this franchise. It's true, you but that's exactly you known what that was we're coming. talking about. I should have known it was coming. Um, well, how do you want to start? Do you want to start with the original? Do we do we play yeah, we have it and we're going to play Brady a little Quinn snippet no? of what Brady Quinn okay, said. Okay, I think that's that's and, fair. And to give everyone context, Brady Quinn hosts or is a co-host with LeVar Arrington and someone else on a Fox Sports show. Right. The topic of Deshaun Watson came up yesterday. Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach Quincy Avery responded, but here is initially what Brady Quinn said, at least a snippet of it. We're not going to play the full 4-minute clip. You can find that on our Twitter page if you want, but a little snippet of what Brady Quinn said that then led to an argument online. And you can play it. He's actually the one that's basically reporting on his health to, to the media, which well, I find everyone to be else, peculiar. Everyone else with a medical opinion just clears him pretty much. I mean, it's like, well, it, it, it's kind of similar to this. You get a kid who gets a trust fund, right? $230 million. Then he's like, hey, you want to go out and get a job? He's like, not really. No. 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 I've got $230 million coming. I, I'm good. That's what it kind of feels like. Like it's it's human nature, by the way, too. For if someone want if you want the lotto and you end up netting two hundred thirty million, because we always talk about the Powerball and all that. Like you'd probably be like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm probably not. Gonna, I'm, I'm probably not going to do this anymore." Right. So you're saying it went on. It went on for about four minutes. Um, I think that the original line that certainly ruffled the feathers of Quincy was that. He's basically the one that's reporting on his injury. Everybody right. else in the medical community says he's cleared to play. Guys, I think that goes back to what I think are competing factions here. The Browns and their management need him on the field to keep their jobs. And it, Brady Quinn got one thing right. There's no urgency for Deshaun Watson to do it. Now, to make the leap of faith that he's just not doing it because he doesn't want to do it, that is where I thought it was a personal character assassination, and that yeah. was unfair. Well, and well, fact- well, before you go, do you want to yeah. go through the whole exchange real quick so everyone has the full yeah, context? Yeah, go ahead. Dive in. Quincy so- Avery is, is Deshaun Watson's personal uh, quarterback coach. Yes. Right. So he after- works with other quarterbacks, too. He does. He runs the QB Academy. After that initial quote, Quincy then quote tweeted that exact clip, and I'm going to bleep out the curse word here, but you can take it full. Stick. He said, Brady, I'm going to be real. You don't know what the F you're talking about and sit behind our microphone gossiping like a little high school chick. Then they went on a little back and forth. Anthony, you can take that whenever you're ready here. Uh, Brady said, come anytime you want to talk in person, open invitation. Quincy said, I just seen you Saturday. I don't have anything I want to talk to you about. I'm telling you, you are talking about things you don't know. Talking on another man who doesn't know you is weak. Brady Quinn said, well, I didn't see you. Quincy then responded, what's the point? To which then Brady dropped this. How about we massage this conversation and get it to a happy ending? Does that sound satisfactory? Yeah, that's the nuclear Which led option. to Quincy's final response in this exchange, which was, this the joke you was dying to let fly? We can table the combo until I see you in person. That is the full context of the exchange. Now you guys can take it. I right. thought it was, when yeah. you sent it yesterday, I thought, yeah. that's not real. Someone doctored that. At first, I thought the last tweet was probably like a fake Brady Quinn account trying to make it look like it was him, but yeah. it was him. It was him. Yeah. He really went there. Yeah. The, it devolved quickly because yes. if you go through the timeline, the first salvo, and this is his job. We take shots at guys all the time. Yeah. That's what we're paid to do is tell it how we see it. I get that. 
You can make the argument, though, that Brady did get personal when he called him a trust fund kid. Yeah. Mm. That, that is a character assassination. That's a negative connotation. Yes. From there, it escalated to you're a high school chick, and then Brady just went full-on nuclear with the let's massage this conversation to right, a happy right, right. ending. Yeah. Like, I was stunned that two grown adults who really should know better than to do this actually did this. I'm not stunned. We've seen a lot of grown adults. I know we have. I know we have. But I would tell Quincy this. You're accomplished at what you've done. Bro, you're a professional. And you've got real cred. I say this about players all the time, and he kind of goes into that boat. Just tune out that nonsense. People are going to take shots. It's just inevitable. It doesn't. You don't have to respond to it and come down to that level. Just let it go and just coach up your quarterback to go out one day and have a great game. And then if you want to say, we'll prove Brady Quinn wrong. Let, let your job, your professionalism, and your guy's performance handle that. Gee, I know you disagree. Well, I, well, first, well the first thing, first thing I, I, there's a lot of semantics involved. The first thing is I, I don't agree, and this is a fraternity when it comes to players and other players. You know, the NFL players go through a lot of different things. That's why it shocked me, G. Yeah, they go through That's a lot. Shocked me. Um, there's a lot of people who get injured and are trying to fight to get back on the field. There's a lot of people that are permanently injured when you play this game of football. And so I find it very ironic that as, as a member that played in that elite fraternity, that you would not that you would go to that level as to insinuate that this man was just faking it for the money. Now, everybody you've been in the locker room. That's a character assassination. That's that's saying that's saying that you 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 not honest. That's saying that you weak. That's saying that you lazy. That's saying that you don't care about your teammates. That's it. Like you don't get to that level by being lazy. You don't get to that level to do that. So I felt like you commenting on another player, especially at the quarterback position, is is egregious. Man, find me where Peyton Manning is going out criticizing Tom Brady. Find Tom Brady going out criticizing Joe uh, Breeze. It just doesn't happen. So I, I didn't like that part. The second part I didn't like, and I was upset about that. You know when I heard it, is he's talking about it being a trust fund baby. Now. Let's be clear. If you don't know what Deshaun Watson's upbringing is, his mother raised four children, um, a single parent, multiple jobs, and she had to do that all while fighting tongue cancer. She had to have her tongue removed because she had cancer, and she still went to work on them two jobs, raised her four kids by herself, and they came from a poor rural area. And, and you talk about trust fund? See, my problem is you just looking into 230. And, and here's how I know you got a little bit of jealousy in that. You said two thirty as in yep. referencing You're Powerball. Right. Yep. He thinks Deshaun Watson hit the Powerball. Mm-hmm. He that's he's is to him is so much money. I looked up his contract when he played for the Browns. He made about nine million dollars. That's life changing money to some people. He stole nine million dollars. And so and so and, and and that's the second third thing. Brady Quinn, when when was you an Iron Man? I'm confused, Brady. I, I, you you went through injuries. You missed the 2008 season with a fractured fracture pinky finger. Now, guess what? A lot of nobody in the, in the media was like, "Oh, we're gonna make fun of that." Your pinky hurts. No one did that. Did that. We took it for what it was. You got back on the field the next year. It didn't work out in Cleveland. At the end of the day, I have a problem with people that look at a, a, a stack of money 
and then they feel like they could just talk about certain things because because they wish they had that bag. To be truthful, I don't understand where we all are as men. Where I came from, you want to see every single man be able to take care of his family. I, I want, listen, we, we laugh at Jay all the time because we be like, oh, Jay got the huge bag. Jay worked his ass off to get there. He put that work in. I'm not going to insinuate that this man got here just by just by osmosis. And I want everybody to, to produce and make go to the next level and be able to take care of their children. You don't think Deshaun Watson and that $230 million ain't taking care of numerous people? Yes, it's taking care of those people. My thing is this. And, and, and about the massage thing, and we'll get to the last fine because I, I don't want to be long-winded. You better than that, Brady Quinn. You, you got a wife and daughter. I think so, too. Jay. You better than that. And, and, and here's what I'm going to say. If you really, a lot of people believe in, in, in coming out against sexual assault members and people who have been sexually assaulted, and you, and you was upset at Deshaun Watson because of the allegations. I'm starting to, re, I'm starting to rethink that. Because if you were so, you know, thrown back by the allegations and you don't like him, why would you then put this message out that in a way makes light of sexual assault? You, how about this, right? Why, how, you got mothers, you got fathers, you got daughters. What if that was one of your kids that came out and said they alleged that? And, and, and I'm putting up tweets talking about ha ha ha. If that's the first thing you want to talk about is the, 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 the joke that everybody seems to be wanting to talk about, how much do you care about sexual assault because you make it light of it in your tweets and you couldn't wait to say it. So my thing is this, I, 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 I've been talking a long time, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to say nothing. And I've caught myself sometimes when you, when you critique people, when you critique somebody, talk about what they do in the field, talk about their play, talk about, but don't talk about nobody's character. Don't talk about nobody's family and leave that off because people be wanting to really come see you about that stuff. And he's better than that. Anyway, he should know that. I agree with the part that he's better than that. I think he's very good at his job. Brady Quinn is very good at his job and I'm not alone in that field. There are a lot of television executives that think he is. And I just thought that was below him to go there. Let me, this is fascinating, guys. And this, this tells you Brady Quinn is exposed. He's exposed here. I'm about to expose. I'm about to, this is huge, Bush. Last year, after a, a, I don't know if it was a Monday night game. It was some, some, it was, I think it was a Monday, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was a night game last year. Zach Wilson was playing for the Jets. Zach Wilson played a terrible game. Booger McFarlane, who we all know is an analyst, also on ESPN, made a comp. You, you, you folks may remember that after this game, um, Zach Wilson said he didn't feel he played a terrible game in this game, and he said he didn't feel as though he let the Jets uh, let the de- let down the Jets defense after scoring just three points against New England. So he played terribly. The Jets only scored three points, and he wouldn't he didn't take any blame for himself mm-hmm. publicly. Something Deshaun Watson, it wasn't like Deshaun Watson said, well, uh, we're losing because of somebody else. He's never said I, I remember like that. that comment. Remember that, Zach it, Wilson? He took that. a lot of heat for it. Yes. And one of the guys that gave him heat was Booger McFarlane. And one of the things Booger McFarlane said was um, he hasn't accepted accountability for his play because, because, quote, he grew up with a lot of money. Kind of similar to what Brady Quinn said. And people were critical, rightly so, of Booger McFarlane for bringing up Zach Wilson growing up with a lot of money. We'd all agree with mm-hmm. that. Right? I think that's an unfair comment. That one of the people 
who was critical of Booger McFarland bringing up Zach Wilson's money, Brady Quinn. Yeah. Brady Quinn said, quote, about Zach McFarland talking about Zach Wilson bringing up his money. Booger McFarland. Yeah. Brady Quinn said, quote, the entire argument is so stupid. It was one of the dumbest things I've heard on air. And that's saying something because Booger was on Monday Night Football and he said a lot of dumb stuff during that period of time. Wow. So last year, Brady Quinn said Booger McFarland said one of the stupidest things, one of the dumbest things ever for saying Zach Wilson is basically the same thing that Brady Quinn called Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And, I, I and, think the difference is um, Booger's comment was he's soft because of his upbringing. He didn't have to work hard for anything. And Brady came from, a, you know, Brady came up from means. I'm not sure that his family was wealthy, but he certainly lived a, a, a more privileged life yes. than some that follow that path. Yes. And I think he may have looked at Booger's comments as an attack on anybody who's come through the ranks of college and into the NFL well, if they if they weren't hungry on the street. So then what? Well, and that's a fair. And I'm not, I, I am not. I'm not and making by the an way, excuse for no, that. No, I know, but that I, is that is actually a more reasonable criticism. That a guy who grew up with money is less likely to be hungry for money. I would totally agree with that, that because Deshaun earned his. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. And so for for Brady Quinn just a year ago to say it's stupid for Booger McFarland to bring up, you know, how what where his money came from, and then Brady Quinn did the exact same thing. Essentially. And compa- yeah. I said, well, he's a, he's a trust fund kid. Yeah. Well, when somebody else called Zach Wilson a trust fund kid, a much worse and less accomplished quarterback than Deshaun Watson, who was not dealing with an injury last year. He just wasn't any good. Yeah. He had a problem with it. But he had no problem saying the same thing about a more proven quarterback who's injured. And earned his I, money. Yes. He's and, earned his I money. I wonder and, why. And you know why it comes back to $230 million. Yeah, that people have a big problem with that. They have, because it is such an asterisk. For, for so many people, that's so much money, even to really rich people, that they automatically inside of they they just chest in their heart. They have to it, it just oh two thirty and it just kind of hits you and you, you you jump back a little bit. And it's bit. the highest too. And, and I think and, that's the distinction. And so so my my, my my thing was when I look at when I look at Brady Quinn and, and here's another thing, this ain't the first time he been out of pocket. This guy was the same dude that told that that came on air before the draft and said C.J. Stroud was falling in the draft because he didn't go to the Manning camp. He said he ghosted him. Uh, yeah, and C.J. ghosted him. The Mannings are royalty, and you just can't do that, or you're going to fall down. Yeah, you got to kiss the ring. Just, and, and you know what? Ryan Clark said this. Shout out to Ryan Clark for doing, doing the homework. He said, oh, no, no, no. See, I went and I talked to C.J. Stroud and the Mannings. And that's unequivocally false. He never said he was going to go to that camp. He wasn't getting paid to come do it. And he never committed to doing that. So you saying that two to three weeks before somebody's biggest day of their life, how many times have we seen people throw comments out there and tank people's draft stop? He should understand that because he was a guy who fell. Who fell. Yeah. You were a guy that fell to he the famously t- fell. Famously fell. So why you why would you do that? And you know good and well how it feels to be on that side of the table. Yeah, I don't like that. I, it, I don't like that. I don't like it. I, 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 I like to find solutions. I don't I hate when guys are going at it. I just it makes me uncomfortable. I know it's part of the world, but I think the world would be a better place if people got together and discussed their disagreements, 
face to face instead of firing bombs and weapons and guns. And in this position, yep. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not equating this to war, but you can see how things escalated and now they're throwing, you know, it, nuclear haymakers. Mm-hmm. This is what Quick. I would have rather seen. When I wish that when Quincy saw that I, I understand why he would be upset because he knows Deshaun. He knows what this guy's character is, and somebody just attacked his partner and friend. Mm-hmm. I get that. I would. What I would have done was I would have sent him a message and said, "Hey, hit me up on DM." I would have got his digits. I would have called him and said, "Look, in my view, you don't know the whole story. I want to facilitate it so you know the whole story." Here's Deshaun's number. He's free at 7 o'clock tonight. I think you guys should have a talk. And don't come at him with knives. And I've told Deshaun, you guys should talk this out so you have a better understanding of what he's going through. Because let's face it, we're guilty of the same thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're out here lobbing bombs and we don't know. There's things we don't know. We only know what either the player or the team tells us. There's so much we don't. There's more that we don't know than we know. But we're paid to opine. That's what we do. We give our thoughts. I wish that Quincy would handle things more like that. Quincy's got an edge to him. Mm-hmm. If he was working for a team, the first thing the team would tell him, <laughs> those days are over. You're not Twitter beefing with mm-hmm. crazy fans or media members. We don't do that. I think Quincy's above that. I really do. This man is accomplished. What oh, he's see, done he, he is with, incredible. He was working with the, one of the best. He working with the, some of the best 32 in the year, in the look, world. Look, look at his stable. Yeah. Like, this guy is accomplished at what he does. He's good. And Brady knows that. Mm-hmm. And Brady has worked his way into a very prominent position in the media. Mm-hmm. He's a he's good, too. There's no reason these two should lower themselves to the gutter to throw public jabs at one another when they're not fully informed. Now, yeah. if Brady calls Deshaun has a 45-minute conversation with him. You know what happens the next day on the air? Because what's happening on today's show is he's throwing nuclear bombs at Deshaun Watson and Quincy, both of them. Mm-hmm. You diffuse all that, and you it, I love this saying, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah. You call Quincy. They have a 45-minute conversation. You know how today's show starts? Brady's saying, I'm going to start today's show with an apology. I went off yesterday, and it was a little misguided. I didn't know. I didn't have all the facts. I only had what the media has been sharing with us, and I was dead wrong. And I had a conversation with Deshaun Watson yesterday, and I now have all the facts. So now you should listen to what I say. This man's not stealing yeah. anybody's money. This man wants to be on the football field. Bring those two together and make it turn it into a positive. Instead of yeah. where we are now. In the end. No I, one looks good today. Yes, that would have been the best case scenario. I understand why Quincy Avery got upset. I don't really. If I were him, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. But uh, I'm kind of. No, I, I, I know you would I have. fly off the seat of my pants. I, so maybe I would have. But, but. I don't you think, agree that that would be a better outcome? Yes, it would. I still don't think he said anything. To, he didn't say. Like Brady Quinn clearly crossed the line multiple times. I agree. In his comments. I agree. Like we've been critical of players. I've probably crossed the line a time or two, but I've never accused a player of not of pretending to be injured ever. Something and for we a can't former do. for a former player, and he's the second one because um, 
Hanford Dixon. Hanford Dixon did it. And I love Hanford Dixon, but I hate that he said that. I I kind of get his story all the time, man. And sometimes you don't even come back from this. One of the most hurtful things that you can have is when you have a bunch of injuries and you're trying to get back on the field and, and you've been gone for so long, what happens is you become alienated from the team because you're working with you're just working to get back. You're not practicing. You got to stay after you're not seeing the guys. And when somebody insinuates either on your team or in the media insinuates that you don't want to play and you're faking it, it goes to like I've had that happen before and I'm sitting here telling people like why would like, I, I want to go to college? I need to get a I need to get a scholarship. I ain't going I ain't going to college if I if I'm not doing it this way. Why would I why would I say I don't want to play? That's the most hurtful thing you can say to a player because don't you understand that people be given they they body like people get hurt and their bodies are done the rest of their lives. It's happened. It's happened. And, and, and so why would you get in somebody's head and say, oh, well, I'm going to use my head rationality to prove that you, I don't think you, you tough enough to play. And by the way, which is it, people? Which is it? And I know you don't want to talk about Baker Mayfield, but which is it? Because when Baker Mayfield went out there and he was hurt, everybody said he should have sat. Everybody said he should have sat. Everybody. Now you said, well, at least, at least he had guts to go out there and play terribly. Now you want Deshaun Watson to do the same. Make the same mistake. Which, what, which is it? Which do you, and fans, we get it. They only care about the results, and they only care about what's going on in the field. But 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 media members have to be a little little more cognizant, especially the ones that play. I agree. Uh, I hate to see it. Hopefully they settle things out and everybody gets on the same page. Mikey? We'll get right back to this in literally one second, but we're doing a rare afternoon edition of Behind the Glass today. Myself, Anthony, and Earl going around 315, 330-ish to avoid interfering with the Cavs game. The Cavs open tonight against the Nets. So we're an afternoon behind the glass. Make sure you guys tap in, check it out. We'll see you guys this afternoon. By the way, you said literally one second. I would say that was closer to 20 seconds, Mike. <laughs> I apologize. So I do have one literally. question for you guys about the Quincy Avery, Brady Quinn situation yeah. here. It feels like there is a player's fraternity. And this is to me where I think Brady Quinn kind of crossed the line. It, it's one thing for people without any idea what it takes to be in that position yes. to take a shot because you're not you've never been in those shoes. Yes, Brady Quinn's been in those exact shoes, and that's to me that that's where I have the biggest issue. It feels I, like a, a line in the sand that I'm shouldn't be crossed for players of a certain and for it's people tri- of a certain stature, and especially quarterbacks that have played in the same franchise. I completely to agree. me that that's the biggest. It's issue. tricky because we want the former players in the media to be honest and be open. Right, and and Brady Quinn is not afraid to criticize, and that's no. good. Yeah, it but is. you got to be fair about your criticism, and, and that's it, Bull. Yeah. Like I want fair criticism. Yeah, and here's the other thing: before you criticize, you do have to make sure that you have a pretty good understanding of where things stand. And I just don't think that Brady, all Brady's hearing is is what what we're hearing, and yeah. and we're confused. Right. right, and we're immersed in it. We're right. in the epicenter of that yeah. universe. Yes, we hear every little morsel and nugget of right. news. Brady's hearing the stuff that trickles up to the national level. Right. Yeah. So he's hearing a fraction of what we're hearing, and we sit here every day and we say, "What I is know, so the truth?" If he would have gone on there and been, "Man, this Deshaun Watson thing's been a disaster. He's been terrible so far in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know how they're winning right now. They got to get a quarterback. He can't help That's them." That's fair. Year. That's all completely fair. But when you question a man, I, I agree with you, G. It's the players' fraternity thing. But when you insinuate 
that a man is faking an injury. That is a character assassination that yeah. cannot be undone. It, it, it just don't like that's like one of y'all being sick. And I come on the show. Oh man, bull ain't sick. I don't know what bull got going on today. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah, how, we don't know. What? That man might be on his deathbed. Yeah, you we don't, don't know, know how. Like, what are you talking about? And my thing with Brady Quinn, you go back to 2008 and you look at Brady Quinn. I would respect his opinion as an analyst. And sometimes I even have to learn this. You don't have to have hot takes. Just give me perspective. Bernie came up here and gave us perspective on what it's like to have a rotator cup. Brady Quinn in 2008 was under kind of the same microscope. They needed to make a decision on whether it was Derek Anderson, who had a great year in 07, right. or whether they're going to get a range to Brady Quinn, who was a first-round pick. Derek Anderson eventually lost his job. Brady Quinn came in. However, it was at the end of the season, so Brady Quinn had some up games, some down games. Actually, it kind of looked like the first three games that Sean Watson played this year. Had a really good game. Uh, he had a so-so game, and the team won. He had a horrible game and the team got smashed. And then there was another game where it was like, oh, he played his best game. After that happened, he ends up fracturing his finger. He fractures his finger and he continues to try to play through it. He tried to play through it. He says, and this is in Cleveland.com, you can go check it out. He tried to play through it and it gets worse. So then the fracture turns into he needs to get surgery on a ligament in his throwing hand, in his finger. Now, on the outside looking it in, People will say, how tough is a finger injury? Like, people make fun of stuff like that. All right, split so, it up, go play. Well, it's critical. Yeah. It's critical. critical. So, so I would have enjoyed uh, Brady Quinn saying, hey, let me give you a story. Yeah. This, this thing happened to me. And, and, and I was in that same situation. And this is what I was going through because I needed to make a decision. The organization wanted to make a decision on whether I was good enough and didn't have enough information. They go into that season and then you come back and it's a quarterback composition in 2009. Eventually it spirals out of the control. Derek Anderson didn't play well. Brady Quinn did play well. And eventually Brady Quinn was jettisoned uh, to the Chiefs. But the, the long story short is I would have enjoyed hearing your insight on that, the rationale, the pressure, uh, the, mo the, the, the mood you were in, the thought process when you're hurt and you're trying to prove yourself. I would have liked to hear that. And, G, to your point on being hurt or not, we've reached a point in this whole saga where we have legitimate national NFL reporters. Steve, you can take the, the tag board full here. But guys having to clarify that it's a real injury. Oh, I mean, it. Tom Pelissero tweeted yesterday, and this is – a direct quote from Tom Pelissero, as you can see, as mentioned here, Deshaun Watson has a strain of his subscapularis muscle, yes. which causes pain and weakness in the rotator cuff. Quote, it's a real injury that takes time to heal, as if people didn't believe this man was actually hurt. And, and by I, the way, like, and it doesn't go away. I mean, it's, it's one of those. It's the first time I've ever seen an injury. Go about this again, guys. Talk to him, He's got an injury to his throwing shoulder, okay? The first week after it happened, the week it, it happened in the Titans game. He didn't leave the game. Right. If he was all about, oh, I don't care about playing, he would have left the game. Sure. They were winning. It, he could have left the game. Number two, the following week, even though it looked all week like he wasn't going to play against Baltimore, on, on all week he's telling everybody. Well, on Friday, he said, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to play. Yes. If he, was, if he didn't want to play because he's got all this money, why would he have said that? He, he made himself right look worse yes, you're by right. saying that. So that makes no sense. He wanted to play and couldn't. Okay. The next game against San Francisco, we couldn't go. Then this week, he was uh, it was a hundred percent obvious to anybody with a brain that he was incapable of throwing the ball like he wanted to. And even and, and it had been reported that not by him, but by Schefter and whoever, 
that it was this is a four to six week injury at least. Bernie Kozar told us last week that doesn't heal right away. It takes a while for it to heal. And yet he put himself out there. He looked terrible in those five passes, so people can people like us can crap on him again because he didn't play well. Never should have been out there. And he shouldn't have been out there. And meanwhile, this knucklehead is accusing he doesn't want to play. That's ridiculous. I really, I really, uh, I, I think that they have to have a conversation. I think that Deshaun needs to have a conversation with Brady and not a, I'm going to kick your ass conversation. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, just an enlightening conversation. Let me enlighten you on things you don't know that might change your mind. Because of all people, you've been where I'm standing. In the same spot with the same franchise. With the same crazy fan base. Right. (coughs) And and, and by the way, if you do compare the injuries, on on the uninformed fan scale, the pinky rates way below the the throwing shoulder. Right. I mean, now look, I'm not saying that all pinky injuries are less severe than a a shoulder injury, but to the uninformed mind and people that we don't know exactly all the details, we're like, come on, you're right. It's your pinky, you know, sack up and go throw the ball. Yeah. And I think I think it's a travesty. Think about this. Deshaun Watson, instead of having his general manager and his coach be on messaging, he has to depend on Tom Pelissero yeah. to, to come out and say, this is actually a thing yeah. and tamp down some of these fires. Why, isn't why the team can't Stavansky do that? Why it's isn't weird. the team doing that? Why, why can't, why, why can't Barry you know say that? The, here's, unfortunately, and I, I'm reading That's into crazy. body language, and that can be bad. I did that when I initially said it looked like Stefanski was hot when he walked away from the conversation. Right, right. Uh, maybe he was because all this time he does think he should play. And I hope I'm not making another mistake, but to me, it almost feels like I, I saw Deshaun Watson on the sideline by himself too much last week. Why are his teammates not coming to him? And and why is he, you know, like, do the teammates now think that this guy should be playing because what the team is saying about him to the media? Yeah, I, don't think I, don't his, I don't think the front office and the head coach have done him no. any favors with his teammates, the media, or the fan base. No, they've botched this. This is a serious injury. I've had the same injury. When touched, it feels like someone's sticking a <laughs> screwdriver in you. I don't know exactly that we had exactly the same grade of it. It is a real thing. A real injury. If Bernie Kosar, again, Bernie Kosar played quarterback for the Browns, had the exact same injury, and yes, he played, but he told you it was a mistake. It got worse. He couldn't, they lost, he said it. He lives in regret to this day, 30 years plus years later, because in that last playoff game, he made bad throws because he didn't have the oomph in his shoulder to make the throws. That's it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.